Well, good morning again, church. I'm Jeff, and I'm delighted to be a part of um, our worship gathering today for God's in this place. And His Word is living and active, and, um, and so we're going to going to do a little Bible study today. You know, I was one of those people that had an experience, had um, a really rich college fellowship experience with Christians. I was, so as a young adult, I was like, you know, all passionate and young and idealistic and just had these just really great circle of Christians around me to help me grow. Not all of us have had that privilege, man, but those of us who did know, like, it was crazy to be 19, 20, 21 years old and just be going after God with a whole bunch of incredible people. And, um, and I have this really distinct memory of a leadership team retreat. I was, le- I was on the leadership of our college ministry. I went to UC Davis. Any Aggies in the house? Wow, really? Quite a few. That's awesome. And, uh, and so I was involved in this college ministry called College Life, and, and I was in their leadership thing. And the college pastor took us on retreat the weekend before class started to just the leaders to kind of talk about our ministry and lean into the Lord. And at one point, he got us all circled in a, <clears throat> in a big circle, and he pulled out a basin of water and a towel, and he turned to the guy next to him, and he began to wash his feet, untied his shoes, took his sneakers off, pulled down his socks, pulled them off his toes, put his feet in the basin, some soapy water, scrubbed his feet, took a towel, dried them off. And I remember thinking, man, I'm all about Jesus right now. And I know that this is a passage of scripture that Jesus was like, he, like he did this. And it's in John 13. It's our text today. But like, I know that's it and I'm all about it. But I was so weirded out in that moment. <laughs> There was something so intimate about it, right? Something so kind of awkward about it, something really super personal about it. And to have this college pastor doing that, and then he goes, so now, he goes, like Jesus commanded his followers, I want you to wash one another's feet. And so the guy next to him turned to the student next to him and began to wash his feet. Now I'm sitting in the circle and I'm counting and I'm like eight more people until it gets to me. And I'm trying to be super spiritual about it. But I'm a little awkward, a little freaked out, and especially when I notice that as we're going around the circle, the person next to me who's going to wash my feet was the only girl in the group that I had a crush on. (laughs) And I'm all, please don't touch my feet. (laughs) I mean, that feeling of please don't, this is so intense and so personal and so intimate and so awkward, like... It is the power of that experience that it is, was so um, different from the way that we kind of want to live. And as it got around, I knew it was way more now than just the cute girl was going to wash my feet and that it was a weird kind of human experience. It was that I was in touch with inside of me was that longing of, I'd rather keep hiding I'd rather people not know that my feet stink. And I think that's the power of this experience that Jesus had with his disciples. So we're going to be in John 13 where we're going to look at this story. And it is a really sort of famous story because of that intensity, of that intimacy, of it's a bit gross, it's a little self-conscious. But this is what happened when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So we're going to look in John 13. We're studying through John. We're first half of John 13 this week. Read the second half of John 13 next week so that you're, you're prepared for Ben's sermon coming up on the 30th. 
And, uh, and so I'd love to have you pull out your Bibles, because I've got a few verses on the screen, but really not all of them. We're going to be inside all 17 verses. So can you pull out John, your uh, Bible, uh, and, and pull out John 13? Uh, and I, Somebody give me a page number, would you? 1079. 1079. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. 1079. And... Um, And then we're going to read it together. And we're going to take a few minutes. I'm going to read all of the verses here in the uh, first half of John 13 so that we can dive into the story. And where I'm going with this, you guys, is that, and I want you to to see it. I've got two sermons today, actually. And so um, I'm 100% confident that I'm going to get them both in, really. So confident in that. And, uh, but you're going to maybe have to hang on as we get toward the end. But two sermons, and here's what they are. Both of them are going to be about foot washing, that there's two, at least two things going on in this foot washing metaphor that Jesus is doing. And one is that it is about service and humility. And then we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do with that message that Jesus is giving us about service and humility. The second sermon is that foot washing is about spiritual cleansing. And we're going to have to talk about what it, we're going to need to do with that truth about spiritual cleansing. So foot washing is at least about two things, service and humility and spiritual cleansing, and Jesus gives a challenge to us in both of those things. So those are our two sermons, so that's your preview as you get into John chapter 13 with me. Let's read it. Let me look at it with us. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own... Oh, so that's verse 1. He knew that it was time for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. This is the marker that it's the beginning of the end of Jesus' ministry on earth. And so what you're seeing in this is that everything that comes from now on is his journey to the cross and then the resurrection. And so this is a marker in the book. We even talked about that last week, that that triumphal entry was him going into Jerusalem, proclaiming himself, this is the kind of savior that I am. Well, this now is Jesus, it's the internal You see Jesus' internal dialogue, Jesus' internal understanding where he's like, okay, here we go. And in fact, you're going to see if you have read uh, of Jesus' words in red in your Bible, that there's a whole bunch of red coming up because he's going to have a lot of things to say as he is now going, this is the end of my ministry on earth, moving toward the cross and the resurrection. So he knew he was going to leave the world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That just doesn't mean to the end of his life. That means he loved them all the way to death. He loved them to the greatest degree, to the most, to the utmost, my NIV used to say. So, um, and that's a, that's a reference to Jesus's um, death on the cross. So here we go. We're moving toward the cross. So the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Oh my gosh, that's only verse two. I'm not even preaching on this. This isn't even part of my two sermons. But you're like, wait, the devil, how did the devil prompt him? What was that story again? How does the devil work? Does the New Testament actually believe that the devil's involved in this deal? Like, can we be prompted by the devil? Like, there's a whole bunch of sermons in here. Do you have a Bible with color on every page, like a study Bible that like helps you understand this kind of stuff? Because you need to be studying it on your own and giving me a report by the end of the week. There's such good stuff. Who does not have one of those Bibles that wish, because I give them away, oh, I see that hand. Here we go. That's so exciting. Come on. Come get it from me. Oh, you're so stoked. This is your lucky day. You're so welcome. Okay. That's great. All right. I want a full report on the devil by Friday. All right. Okay. So that was going on. 
Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up and then began to wash his disciples' feet. So this is the last thing I'll say in introduction to this. Jesus was not some victim of a plot that he didn't, he's like, oh man, my plan went sour. Like this is not what that's about. Jesus knew he, everything was under his power. Always had been. He's a creator of heaven and earth. He was there at creation with the Father, and then he chose to be incarnated, and then he had ministry on earth, and then he was going to go back to the Father and ascend and be the ruler of all heaven and earth again. Like, this is who Jesus was in this deal. It says, so he then got up and washed his disciples' feet. Like, out of that understanding, it was all part of the plan, he's now going to communicate something in this metaphor, really, of washing feet. Verse 4, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Are you? I kind of put the emphasis there wrong. You can see Simon Peter's a little bit like, yeah, don't touch my feet, man. He's like, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I'm like, wait a minute. Jesus, verse 7, do you, not, you, don't, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you'll understand it. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Of course, it's so Peter, he's just so all in and passionate. Verse 10, those who have had a, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. You're, you are clean though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for, I'm, for I am your Lord and teacher. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Verse 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Is that just an incredible text? So much going on in that text, but you can see how there's multiple sermons in there, and there's at least two sermons as I was talking about. And the first one is this, that Jesus instituted this thing because foot washing is about Service and humility. It's about humility and service. This is what Jesus was trying to communicate. He's like, this is about this foot washing thing I'm going to do. It's about humility and service. Put that slide up there for me, would you, Micah? This is the first thing that Jesus was trying to say. I'm all about this. This is what I'm all about, is humility and service. He's wanting to reiterate that. You see, this was, Jesus had already confirmed in the midst of that text, right? He had already confirmed several times, like, oh, no, I'm the Lord of heaven and earth. Like, I'm your Lord and I'm your teacher. And yet, yeah, I'm going to serve you. In other words, this is Jesus painting the picture that he was going to lay down his life for his followers. Jesus was laying down his life, in fact, for all the sin of the world. That Jesus was humbling himself to do something incredible when the world didn't deserve it, people didn't deserve it. Jesus was not supposed to be the one washing feet. Jesus was the one who was supposed to be with his royal robes reigning in heaven and in glory. And he goes, but I'm going to lay down my life for you. This is Jesus communicating the nature 
again, of his coming to earth in the first place, that he was going to be the Savior. He was going to do what needed to be done in order that people could be rescued from their sin, and that's what the cross was about. It's so, it's so funny that, you know, that in this, this foot washing in that, you know this from, you know, having read the Bible and thought about this story, that foot washing was the lowest of the low chores, like the lowest servant on the lowest rung was the one who did the foot washing. And the reason they did foot washing, of course, is that everybody was barefoot all the time. They wore sandals or they were barefoot and they would come in, the roads weren't paved and they would walk through and the sewer ran through, you know, towns and, and, and trenches and animal. I mean, it was just, it was a filthy place. And, and like, if you just kind of lived out in the rural world and walked around barefoot all the time, you'd need to wash your feet. And so they'd come into people's homes where they would lie down by the way to eat. And when you lie down, your feet are kind of out there too. I mean, they'd put the feet away from the table. They'd lie this way. But still, your feet are all hanging out. As we've already established, man, don't look, don't, don't really touch my feet. It's gross. And in this context, it was super gross. So the, the servants would wash the feet. Now, there weren't any servants at this meeting because it was sort of a secret meeting, right? Jesus was coming in and they were like clandestinely, you know, having this gathering together, this last supper together. And um, so there weren't any servants present and clearly the disciples were not jumping up to do the foot washing chore. There was no, there was no disciple going, hey, the servants aren't here, but I understand Jesus enough. Like, I'm gonna go and wash feet. Like, he, they didn't do that. And so it was so much more powerful, again, that Jesus is like, I'm going to do the foot washing. I'm coming to lay my life down for you. So humbling what Jesus did, so contrary to his glory that he would take the lowest of the low um, chore, but to do it out of love for his people. This is what the picture of his salvation was. There were all kinds of early teaching and hymns about that in, in our, even in our New Testament. The, you know, uh, Philippians chapter 2 is super famous where it's where Paul says, look, and I want you to consider Christ and I want you to be like him. Where he did not consider equality with God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or to be taken advantage of. Remember this? He said, but he humbled himself and became a servant, taking hum, on human nature. He took the form of a servant. This is Jesus who came down to serve us and meet our needs. So this is what this foot washing thing is signifying. It's about humility and it's about service. And Jesus humbled himself and became even humbled himself so much that he would die for mere humans. So here Jesus is saying, look at, I've come down to lay my life for you for your sake. The whole thing is pictured in here. In fact, some scholars believe in our local Arv Kretz. Arv Kretz is in our church. You know Arv Kretz? Arv's sitting right here. Arv in our church, he's like a research assistant for me and Ben. So we call Arv because he's a Bible nerd, and we're like, dude, look it. What do you think about this? So I called Arv and asked him a question about this text, and his answer to my question was, I don't know. But isn't this a cool thing? And he pointed out something else that I had never seen before, and that is that John actually was was making it clear in writing this that when Jesus put together this metaphor of washing the disciples' feet, he was actually just painting the picture of Jesus going from his throne in heaven to earth, dying, cleansing people, dying for their sins, covering their shame, and then ascending when his work was done. It's all embedded in this text. If you look again at verse in, in the text, it's all actually, it's sort of summed up in verse 3 of 13. Look at verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put him 
put all things under his power. That's Jesus in his magnificence in heaven. And that he had come um, from God. That's the incarnation to earth. And that he was returning to God. That's his ascension back to glory. Like this is the picture of Jesus, right? He goes like, Jesus knew these truths. I'm the Lord of heaven and earth. I'm going to be incarnated to save people. And I'm going to be glorified for that. And, and all things will be able to be restored because of what I've done. This is a picture of it. And so it says, so, Jesus knowing that truth, so he got up from the meal. Now picture him. He got up from the meal, meaning he got up from his throne in heaven. He took off his outer clothing, meaning he, for that time, shed that robe of glory to be made a human being, as Philippians 2 talks about, right? He wrapped a towel around his waist, which is taking on the nature of a servant. And after that, he poured water into a basin, a picture of his blood being poured out, shed for the sins of the world. And he began to wash his disciples' feet, which is the metaphor for his blood cleansing us from sin. And then he took a towel and he, that was wrapped around him and dried their feet with it, which is a metaphor for covering his shame. Isn't that a beautiful, their shame? And then you go, Peter's interaction happens with them. And then you go up to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes. That's re-putting on the glory that is his and returned to his throne in heaven. Returned to his place. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Arv, for that insight. Um, I think that's amazing. And John is so brilliant and it's so beautiful. All of that to say that this foot washing thing is about humility and service. And Jesus was communicating, this is what I have done. I have laid down my life for you. But it cannot end there because, and Jesus knows it cannot end there. He's like, so that's going to be amazing. And that's glory. And that's salvation. And that's the restoration of the human race. And that's the good news that we've all been waiting for. And none of us can live without that. That is unbelievable. But then there's more. Jesus then goes on to tell his followers that they're going to need to do the same thing that they're going to need to wash one another's feet. And so it begs this question, not only does Jesus' foot washing about humility and service, but it then begs the question, so will we do what he has done? Will we now do that? Look at verse 15, that's what it says there. Will we do, will you do? I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus is actually expecting that somehow we would be people who would lay down our lives the way that he has laid down his life. Now, we didn't have glory in heaven. We don't have the power to forgive sin, nor are we going to ascend to the level of glory that Jesus is. But we still get called to this ministry of humility and service by laying down our lives for, for other people. So not only has he washed their feet as a way to picture his incarnation and to picture his salvation, but he's calling us to lay down our lives too. This must be incredibly hard for them to hear. It's just as hard for them to hear as it is for us to hear. They had no interest in wanting to lay down their lives for people. Clearly, none of them were even going to position themselves to wash one another's feet. It was really uncommon that they went into that room and they were all like, this is nasty. All your feet nasty. And we're walking into this room right now, and there's nobody here to clean our feet. Like, they knew that, because every room you went into, somebody cleaned your feet. And they were in there with unclean feet, and they were all looking at it and going, well, I'm not going to do that. You should do that. Have you seen Thaddeus? He ought to be the foot washer. I mean, it, I mean, it shouldn't be, I don't know who it's going to be, but it, it's not going to be me. 
And so Jesus, knowing all things are under his feet, knowing that he has come from the Father, knowing he's going back to the Father, gets up and washes their feet. Wow. Yeah, they, they must have been stunned by this teaching, like, I can't be that selfless. I can't lay down my life for other people like that. In fact, Luke, when he talks about the Last Supper story in Luke 22, there you go, Thin, uh, Tinley, Luke 22, put that in the notes. Luke says that that was one of the places, that Last Supper conversation, around the table, that was one of the places that the disciples were arguing about who among them was the greatest. Come on now. So this is incredibly hard teaching for them to all get their heads around. So Jesus knew they needed that lesson in a big way. And so do we. Will we do as he has done? What does it look like, church? What does it look like for us to wash one another's feet? I don't know exactly what it means in your circle of influence. I don't know what it means with your gift constellation that God has created you to do. I don't know what it means with all the burdens God's put on your heart. I don't know what it means with your circumstances in your life and who's in it and what time you have and, and what your, your stuff is and the, the way in which you carry anxiety. or, or I, I, don't, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I do know this. I know that it's going to be about as hard as watching that circle start coming around and going, oh, man. I'm going to have to get really real, and I'm going to have to get really real with somebody next to me. So the one, it's going to look like love, like you really love somebody. What does it mean to wash somebody else's feet? It's going to look like intimacy. I mean, like, you, now you're in it. You're in their stuff with them, and you're in their junk with them, and you're in their stink with them. It's going to look not like a good deed. It's going to look like a mission. It's going to look like a purpose. It's not going to look like, I had to muster up enough strength to maybe do something nice for somebody once in a while. It's going to look like, I must do this because of Christ's love for me, because of how I see life coming if I can serve them, that I will lay down my life for them. Try and stop me. That's how it's going to look. And it's going to therefore look like it's driven by the Holy Spirit because not one of us musters that kind of goodwill and character in our hearts without God's prompting underneath it, in it, through it, and all the way out. There's no way this is something we possess. I'm sorry. I know we're all incredibly beautiful people, but you're not those people. We will muster good deeds for a while at our best, but a mission, a passion to die for someone else's life, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just, I don't know what it looks like for you, but if you submit daily to the Lordship of Jesus and daily lay down your life for his service, you'll find out what it means for you. And that, I promise you, will bring life. Jesus said it will bring life. He said if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lay down your life for his sake, what, what does he say, church? You will find it. Tinley, that's Mark 8. Look that up. Mark 8, put that in the show notes. Man, Jesus said, I've done this for you. Now you got to do it for one another. Foot washing is about humility and service. Will we do what he's done? Second sermon, and I'm going to crank through this. Ready? Foot washing is about spiritual cleansing. Will you lay down your life for somebody? That's the first point. Don't miss that. I'm on to a second sermon, but don't miss that because that might have been the word for you today. 
Second one, it's about spiritual cleansing. It's clearly about spiritual cleansing because it's a washing thing. They had all kinds of religious elements in their Jewish life and in the, in the um, revival sects of, uh, of Jewish life where, you know, they demonstrated re- forgiveness and renewal and all that kind of stuff. They had all kinds of ceremonies, but Jesus wanted to use this foot washing as a metaphor to raise this topic because he wanted to talk about his forgiveness. He wanted to talk about his salvation. He wanted to talk about his washing, that he's the one that cleanses us from our sin. Look back at verse six, this encounter with Peter. He came to Simon Peter and, and who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? Like, how does it work that way? And Jesus said, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you'll understand it. No, said Peter, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Jesus is emphasizing his cleansing that is absolutely required or we stay apart from God. So foot washing is about spiritual cleansing and Jesus is making a point. He's going, look at everybody needs to be cleaned. And it begs this question, will you let him make you clean? Jesus talks about two kinds of cleaning with, with Peter. Peter's like, great, then wash my head and my hands and all of it. I'm going to take a full bath. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Actually, you've already had a bath. Remember this, this text here? Verse 10. Jesus said, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. You are already clean, but not every one of you, because he's talking about Judas, not every one of you is clean. Judas was not saved. Judas was not born again. But Jesus is talking about two kinds of cleaning. He goes, look at there's people who need a bath. That's salvation. That's being born again. That's getting, meeting God and having our sins forgiven. Past, present, future, no condemnation now for those of us that are in Christ. Nothing being held against us before God. There's no separation from God. We'll never be cast away from his presence. We'll never, the devil will never come and steal us away from Jesus's possession. This is salvation. This is the good news in Christ. This is what he's trying to teach. He goes, this spoke Washington's about spiritual cleansing. And look, he goes, he goes, look, there are people who need a bath and that's people who need to say yes to the forgiveness of Jesus. And then he goes, and if you've already done that, like you, Peter, not Judas, but you, Peter, have done that, then you just need now to wash your feet every day. Isn't that good? Some people need a bath. You already had a bath. You just need to wash your feet every day. That's the daily day in and day out repentance of surrendering our sin to Jesus and going, what am I still living like this for? Like, this doesn't define me anymore. I'm not a slave to the flesh. I'm a slave to the spirit. This isn't even me. It's the flesh that sins all the time. And I'm going to confess it. Why? So that then I can stay connected to God so that then I can stay a holy, meaning set apart, meaning useful vessel to be his person out in the world. So listen, the question remains for us. Will you let him make you clean? Have you said yes to the salvation that Christ offers, the restoration that God is making happen through Christ's death on the cross? Have you said yes to the bath? Because otherwise... We have no part of a relationship with God. And we live our lives away from him forever. That's heartbreaking. But if you had, have had a bath, the call is not let him make you have, take a bath. It's like to Peter, let him wash your feet. Let him clean you again today. Will you let him remake you, re-clean again today? Not because 
God's going to now be far away or you've lost your salvation, but because you stay now walking in the Lordship of Christ. Will you let him make you clean? Unless Jesus washes you, you have no part in him. Will you let him make you clean? Every human being has some resistance about that. What was Peter's resistance? Right? Peter, come here, I'm going to wash your feet. He's like, oh, no, 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 Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And he's like, yeah, unless you let me wash you, I'm not going to have any part of you. Peter's like, all right, well, then let's go, all in. But what was that that initial reaction of resistance to letting Christ wash him? It's an interesting thought. It's worth thinking about, and it's worth putting yourself in that position and thinking yourself, am I fully aware of my situation where I need to be washed clean. I need a bath. And if I had a bath, I need to wash my feet every day. Our resistance probably has something to do with that. It's really too close. Do I even want to let Jesus in on my feet, on my stink, on my ugly, on all the details? Jesus said, will you let me make you clean? Because that's where life is found. Friends, the freedom comes when the, the people go around the circle. Band, come out. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm out of time. I want us to worship before we're done today. When it's going around the circle and we feel that resistance, it's not just because the cute girl next to us is going to smell my stinky feet. It's more than that. It's because somewhere along the line I realize that I've cultivated already an image that I'm good, that I'm fine. If I opened even a crack, my fears that I'm desperate and I'm broken and I'm not the man that I want to be and that I need Christ to rescue me. Not just once, that's the bath, but over and over and over again, that's the washing of my feet. If I open that door even a little bit, the existential angst, the embarrassment, the yuck, but... That, in fact, is where freedom lies. And so Jesus instituted fush washing and said, hey, not only is it about service and humility, go lay down your lives for others, but this is about spiritual cleansing. I got to wash you or you're staying far away from God. And once you've had a bath, I need to wash your feet every day so that you can stay my person set apart for living with me and for me with no illusions about your need because you know you need me. The worst parts of us, the most sullied, the most dirty, the most worldly, the most stink. Mature Christianity has come into a place of going, oh yeah, that's totally me and I need you to make me clean. So even as we go from here today, as we worship, will you allow him to cleanse you? Do you need a bath because you've never said yes to the forgiveness that Jesus' blood brings about for everyone who in faith submits themselves and receives that gift? And if you have had that bath, do you need again the life of repentance day in and day out? I don't want to live like that. That's not me. Thank you for your mercy.
Let me walk with you, filled with the Holy Spirit today. Let's encounter the Lord with our longing and our need and our feet as we worship him in response. Let's stand together, church.